is our, uh, our, you know, one of our biggest outreaches that we have to the community. And so we just want to thank you so much for your generosity of making these things happen. Let us pray. Father God, we just, we thank you for this day, Father. We thank you for this, this opportunity that we have to come and worship in your house, Father. Father, we thank you for the opportunity to serve. Father, we thank you for those who, who come and serve as volunteers. Father, we thank you for the staff. Father, we thank you for those that, that give their, their time and their tithes and their, their gifts to us, Father. Father, we just ask that as we come to this time of offering that you would lead, guide us, and direct us in how we use the funds that are generously given to us, Father. Father, we just ask that you would bless those who give, Father, and you would bless those who receive. We pray this in all the mighty name of Jesus. Well, good morning, church. It's good to see you in the house this morning. And in case you didn't notice, as you walked outside with the heat and humidity, we're in summertime, right? Uh, and so as a part of summer, we're starting a new series uh, called You Asked For It. And last week was part one, and we're on part two uh, this week. And I'm just excited to open God's word with you. And, and You Asked For It series is all about what you asked for, right? It's about those questions, those topics that you wanted to hear uh, preached and talked about on the weekend. So uh, this weekend, uh, you, you guys gave me a tough one here. We're going to be talking about Christ's second coming. And so I'm excited to open God's word with you this morning and, and really talk through that uh, in a big way. Now listen, if you have more questions, you want to go deeper in it, we did a couple months ago a series through the book of Revelation. You can go a lot more detail in there, but we're going to go over in as much detail as I can in 25 minutes, all right? So, um, you know, as we think about Christ's second coming, I think many of us uh, maybe deal with a bit of anxiousness, maybe a bit of fear, maybe a bit of stress. But as I think as we go to God's word, those are not the reactions that God desires us to have when it comes to his second coming. I, in fact, I think God desires us to anticipate, to look for, to long for his return in anticipation. And so I, I want to talk a little bit about that this morning. And, you know, as I was thinking about that, uh, I, I was thinking the other day, I was, I was playing hide-and-go-seek with my son, who's three, right? And so I'm teaching him the game of hide-and-go-seek. And so I said, all right, buddy, I'm, I'm going to go close my eyes, and I'm going to count down from 10, and then I'm going to say, uh, ready or not, here I come, and I'm going to come find you. You got it, buddy? Yeah, yeah, I got it, Dad. I got it, I got it. All right. So I start counting down, 10, 9, 8, and I get all the way to zero, and I say that famous line, ready, ready or not, here I come. And so I take my hands off my eyes, and there my son is like 10 feet in front of me, hiding in the corner with both hands over his eyes, yelling, I'm hiding, Dad, I'm hiding. And so I'm saying, I went to him and I said, buddy, I don't, I don't think you get the, the game yet, all right? So when I count down, that's your opportunity to be ready, to go hide, to be prepared. And, uh, you know, so we had to work on that a little bit. But I think as we talk about Christ's second coming, many of us have a response similar to my son, right? Our hands are over our eyes and we are hiding in the corner as it comes and relates to Christ's second coming. But my prayer for us, my desire for us is that we talk this morning that you will have more a peace about Christ's return, you have more of a longing, and then more importantly, that we will, as individuals, we as people, will be ready to receive the Lord Jesus as he returns. That as a church, we would be ready for his return. 
And so I, I want to talk through that this morning a little bit. And really, I want to focus on how can we be ready? How can we be ready for his return? Scripture is very clear. He's coming again, right? We should look for it. We should anticipate it. But how can we be ready? But before we get into that, I think there's some things you need to understand and aspects of the second coming that we need to know. And I think most importantly that this is in your, in your notes there, mystery will precede the second coming of Christ. Mystery will precede the second coming of Christ. There are aspects, there are parts of Christ's return that God the Father is keeping close to him for only him to know. And as many of us, maybe anybody struggle with surprises, anybody don't like surprises, right? <laughs> a few of us, right? We're going to have to deal with it, okay? Uh, Jesus said this, Matthew 24, 36, but concerning that day and that hour, no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, nor the Son, but the Father only. For as were the days of Noah, so will be coming the Son of Man. The mystery around it. Ephesians 3, 9, as Paul is talking about that great mystery, he says, and to bring the light for everyone, what is the plan of the mystery hidden for ages in God who created all things? So there are parts of the second coming that only God the Father knows. And as much as that may be a challenge for us, as that much as be a struggle for us, we need to embrace that the second coming of Christ, there will be mystery that surrounds it. And so look for it, be okay with there being that mystery around it. The second thing, I think that as we talk about Christ's second coming, uh, there's going to be some key events that are laid out in Scripture uh, that will go along with Christ's return. Now listen, there are a lot of different varying opinions and ideas on when those events will take place, the interpretation of those events. My goal is not in this short amount of time that I have to get into all that. But biblically speaking, there are some events that are laid out by Scripture that I just want to help you understand. I just want to define a few of those. Again, my, my purpose is not to argue one side or the other. I just want to show you as we open the word of God, there are some specific things that happen. And so a couple of those that I want to lay out. The first is the rapture of the church. The rapture of the church. We see this in 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. We see this in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Now to simply understand the rapture of the church is for the church. That is those who have put their faith and trust in Jesus, those who have trusted the Lord Jesus as their Savior. And Christ, as, as Thessalonians lays out, that he's going to be coming back for the church. And then he's going to gather them together and take them where he is and where he is going to be. Scripture tells us very clearly that Christ has made a place for us. He has made a place for us. And in fact, it says that he has made a place for us at his table. Uh, I, I like to think of the rapture like this in, in an illustration. We, we've gone out to eat before, right? And, and when you go out to eat, and usually it's a busy place. You go to the hostess stand and they put your name on the waiting list, right? And what that says, right? If you're at St. Augustine, it's usually like a three-hour wait, right? <laughs> if you go to the restaurant, they put your name on the waiting list and that guarantees you a table, right? That says you are on the list to have a seat at the table. It's gonna be a little bit, but we're gonna get you seated and we have a place for you. And after your time has come, the hostess comes and they gather you and then they place you down and seat you at the table. This is my understanding of the rapture. When we put our faith and trust in Jesus and our names are written in the Lamb's book of life, Jesus says, I have a place for you at the table. It's secured. 
It's just a matter of time as the host, Jesus, takes us and ushers us to that seat at the table. This is the idea of the rapture. This is my idea. Jesus is coming back and he's coming back for his church. The second thing that we see is is the tribulation. Again, varying ideas on when this will take place in in, uh, accordance with the other things. But just so you have an understanding, this is in Revelation 13, Revelation 3, Matthew 24. This is going to be a time like we have never seen on this earth before. It's going to be a time of uh, immense corruption, destruction. We're going to see, uh, you know, natural disasters were happening. We're going to see deception. We're going to see persecution. This is the time in which the Antichrist is going to be in full force leading people astray. This is, again, going to be a time like you've never seen before. But at the end of the seven-year tribulation, this is where we see Christ's return to the earth and his reign over the earth. Whereas with the rapture, we saw this for the church, the second coming of Christ to the earth will be with the church. And Christ is gonna defeat the enemy once and for all. He's gonna defeat the Antichrist and and Satan. And then he is gonna take control over the earth and he is gonna defeat the enemy and he's gonna judge the earth at this time. This is gonna lead into a time of judgment over the earth. And Christ will judge the earth and all those who have not put faith and trust in him. This is the final judgment. And then that's going to lead into a time in which Christ establishes new heaven and new earth, as we see in Revelation 21 and Revelation 22. Now, in about three minutes, I covered a lot, okay? I covered a lot. My hope in this is that it would give you a foundation of understanding so that you can take the word of God and study it for yourselves. God gave us this word not so that we would be in the dark, not so that we would be unknowing, not so that we would be fearful. God gave us this word so that we would be ready in every way for his second coming. And so I encourage you, if you haven't taken time, dig deep into God's word. And as I lay out these events, whether you personally believe that uh, the rapture will happen prior to the tribulation, in the middle of the tribulation, or after the tribulation, it should not change the way that you prepare for his return. And so I want to talk this morning a little bit on how we prepare ourselves for his return. And I'm going to be reading this morning uh, from Revelation chapter 1, verse 1, if you have your Bibles. Revelation chapter 1. If you're able to this morning, will you please stand in the honor of the reading of God's word? Revelation chapter 1, verse 1. The revelation of Jesus Christ, which God gave him to show to his servants, the things that must soon take place, He made it known by sending his angel to the servant John, who bore witness to the word of God and to the testimony of Jesus. Even to to all that he saw, blessed is the one who reads aloud the words of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and keep what is written in it, for the time is near. John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is to come. And from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood, and made us a kingdom, priest as God and Father, to him be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Verse 7, don't miss it. Behold, he is coming with the clouds. And every eye will see him, and even those who pierced him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on the count of him. Even so, amen. Verse 8, 
I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. May God bless the reading of his word. You may be seated this morning. As we dig in to Revelation 1, the second coming of Christ should cause us to look upward and inward. It should cause us to look upward to the Lord Jesus, but it should cause us to look inward at our own lives to ensure that we are ready for his return in our lives. And so first thing that you can write down this morning is we should look upward and inward acknowledging the fullness of God's glory. Revelations chapter 1, verse 8, going back to that, that verse right there. I am the Alpha and the Omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the Almighty. Now, just to give you a little bit of perspective, John is writing these revelations that God is revealing unto him, right? And as it opens up, John is getting more than he could ever imagine, right? He is drinking from a fire hose, no doubt, right? And the, the, God is opening up and revealing things that are to come. He's revealing heaven. He's revealing God's throne. He's revealing God's glory. And I can't help but imagine that John is just at awe in amazement of the things that he is seeing. But right in the beginning of chapter 1 of Revelation, God steps in to say something, right? And you know, it's just, just like in, in, uh, as, as we see in our family, sometimes when, when mom or dad speaks as a kid, right, we, we listen, right? Maybe not all the time, but in any way, as God the Father steps in, he says something so profound and so powerful right here. Only a couple times in the book of Revelation do we see God the Father directly speaking, and this is what he says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. I mean, if there's ever a time that, that, that God could just drop the mic and, and walk away, this is it, right? He says, I am the Alpha and the Omega. That is, that, uh, that is the first letter and the last letter of the Greek alphabet. And in every context and phrase that it can be applied to both the Father and Son, God in Christ comprises everything. All that goes between Alpha and Omega, as well as being the first and last, it expresses God's fullness, his sovereignty, his inclusiveness, he is the source of all things and will bring all things to their appointed end. And here John sees the Alpha and Omega. And I can't help but to think that he is just amazed, that he just takes in a moment to see, to appreciate, to fear, to worship God the Father. He's in amazement. He's acknowledging the fullness of God's glory. I think as we look for and long for Christ's return, if we want to be prepared personally, then we need to acknowledge the fullness of God's glory in worshiping him, acknowledging his position, acknowledging his, his lordship, acknowledging who he is. We need to take a moment to admire that. You ever, you ever have a moment in your life where you take and just admire something, you just be present in the moment? Maybe it's a sunrise, maybe it's a sunset, maybe it's time that you spend with your family, but you just stop for a moment and you just admire it. I think as life gets continually busier and busier, it becomes harder and harder to have those moments in life. But if we want to be ready for Christ's return, we need to take time to admire the beauty of the Lord our God. I love what Psalms 113 says this in verse 3. Blessed be the name of the Lord from this time forth and forevermore. From the rising sun to its setting, the name of the Lord is to be praised. The Lord is high above all nations and his glory above the heavens. Listen to this. Who is like the Lord our God? 
who is like the Lord our God. We need to be like the psalmist and we need to see the fullness of God's glory and we need to praise and worship that name. Second thing that you can write down is as we look upward and inward, we need to be stirring our affection for Jesus. Stirring our affection for Jesus. I, I love what Revelation 1.5 says, to him who loves us. Anybody know that they are loved by the Lord Jesus? Anybody know that his love is like nothing else in this world? It surpasses all knowledge, right? The Lord Jesus loves us. But listen to the second part. And he has freed us for our sins. Anybody been freed in the house by Jesus? Amen. God has given us freedom. You know, so many people as they look in the book of Revelation, they, they confuse the main point of the book of Revelation. Some would say it's, it's all about judgment, right? It's all about God's judgment. And, and I would say that that is a theme that is, yes, it's present in the book and it's important. And some would say it's all about the defeat of the enemy, right? The enemy of Satan, right? And I would say, yes, that's an important part of the book. And some would say that it's, it's about Christ followers being redeemed and taken to heaven. And I said, absolutely, that's an important part of the book. But can I tell you, it's not the main point of the book. The main point of the book of Revelation is it's all about King Jesus. It's all about the worship. It's all about the surrender. It's all about the glory of King Jesus, the sacrificial lamb, the one that went to the cross and paid for my sins. He paid for your sins. And as he went to the cross, he died and rose again so that we might have life. And as he returns, all glory and all honor and all worship is for King Jesus. All hail King Jesus. If we want to be prepared for Christ's return, we need to stir our affections for Jesus. We need to renew daily our relationship with him. We need to seek him. We need to be in his word. We need to be in prayer. I think of it like this, you know, in the morning time, I get my cup of coffee and it's kind of this like spiritual moment, right? Anybody there with me, right? You get your cup of coffee and like you immediately feel closer to God. And so I get my cup of coffee and, and I, I can't just drink it black. I have to stir in that creamer and sugar. So I pour in the cream and then I pour in the sugar. And, but before I stir it, if I just sip it like it is, it's still bitter, right? But when I begin to stir in that cream and sugar and it goes all the way through the coffee, boy, it gets so good, right? It gets better. And, and I think a lot of life is like that. Even as Christ followers, life can be bitter. Life can be hard. Life can be discouraging. Life can be defeating. But can I tell you, when you have a relationship with Jesus, life gets that much sweeter each and every day that we walk in relationship with. And so that's why I say you got to stir your affections for Jesus. Be in his word, study his word, look for him, long for him. Be in relationship, stir your affection for Jesus. Third thing you can write down is, as we look upward and inward, we should be renewing our devotion to the prophetic word. Renewing our devotion to the prophetic word. Verse 3 of chapter 1 Blessed is the one who reads aloud of this prophecy. And blessed are those who hear and keep what is written, for the time is near. I love right here at the beginning of the book of Revelation, God's word through John is that it is important for us to dedicate ourselves to studying God's word. And specifically, the book of Revelation, right? You know, for so many of us, and I have been there, I, I, I tend to try to avoid the book of Revelation, right? There's a lot I don't understand in there. There's a lot I don't, I don't grasp. 
And so I would tend to avoid it. But right here in the beginning, God says, hey, there is blessing in here if you will read it, if you will uh, memorize it, if you will look to it. And here's what I think the blessing is. The more that we lean into God on the aspects of our faith that we don't understand, the more that he reveals himself to us and gives us peace and gives us comfort and gives us rest. God's call for us is to lean in. I heard one commentator write this. He said, by the way, when you do what you should be doing, that is reading the book of Revelation, reading God's word, God says, I am going to bless you to pieces. (laughs) I'm going to bless you to pieces. And God wants us to be prepared for what is ahead. He wants us to prepare ourselves. And listen to this. He wants us to prepare our families for his return. And the way that we do that is we commit ourselves to reading the prophetic word of God and the book of Revelations. And we look to it and we lean into it. Look, there's a temptation to uh, just allow somebody else to, to read God's word to us or to speak of God's word. But can I encourage you, be consistent in reading God's word and understanding it for yourselves. God is there in the midst and he will reveal those things to you. If we are really serious about changing if we're really serious about Christ's transformation in our life, we need to daily be committed to reading his word. Don't let it be, I'm speaking to myself here, don't let it be last Sunday since you've read God's word. Make it a daily thing and God will begin to bless you to pieces, as the writer says. Fourth thing that you can write down this morning is if uh, we want to look upward and inward, uh, it should be bringing about true repentance. Bringing about true repentance. Revelation 1.7 Behold, he is coming with the clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who appears him, and all the tribes of the earth will wail on the account of him. When Christ returns, everyone must give account to him. Everyone will see him in his lordship. Everyone will acknowledge him and know that he is the Lord, and he is the beginning. He is the Alpha and the Omega that he is the risen Savior. Scripture says, For this reason also God highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name which is above every name, so that that name of Jesus every knee will bow, of those who are in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and that every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. You want to be ready for Christ's return? Confess his lordship. Bow before him, surrender over to him, God desires, he longs to be in relationship with you. And he's ready to receive you. You don't have to get all your life together before you come to Christ. Thank goodness, right? I'd have never made it to Christ. But he received me just as I was. The same is true for all of us. He is ready to receive you. You know, I I think as I think about this, uh, you know, I think about procrastination, right? Do we have any procrastinators in here like to put things off? I'm recovering procrastinator, right? I learned my lesson in college that you can't turn a paper in at 8 a.m. and start on it at 6 a.m., right? You need a little bit more time to do those things. And I learned that there are some things in life you just can't put off. God is telling us right here, when it comes to getting your relationship right with him, when it comes to receiving, when it comes to bowing down before him, don't put it off. Don't put it off. We're not guaranteed another day. We're not guaranteed tomorrow. But right here, right now, Christ is ready to receive you. Don't make it. Don't put it off in your life to receive the Lord Jesus. 
Make that decision today. Second, or Second Peter 3, 9 says, The Lord is not slow to fulfill his promises, as some count slowness, but is patient, listen to this, patient toward you. He's patient towards me. Not wishing that any should perish, that all should reach repentance. God's waiting on you. He's ready to receive you. Don't put off anymore what he's calling you to do and the decision that he's calling you to make. Fifth thing that you can write down, last thing, as we look upward and inward, should encourage us to be remaining faithful as a church. Remaining faithful as a church. Revelation 1.4, it says, John, to the seven churches that are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and was and is to come and from the seven spirits who are before the throne. You know, a good portion of Revelation was dedicated uh, to addressing the churches in Asia at that time. And John, as he's writing them, these are churches that he helped plan and pastor. And uh, although he was writing uh, to encourage these churches to be faithful, to live as Christ had called them to, to be the church that God had called them to, uh, what he writes them and the encouragement that he gives to the church at that time should encourage us today, right? And so obviously he was writing to the churches at that time, but he is also writing to us as an example of how we should be as a church today. And so much of the time of Revelation is all about the church being faithful and keeping their first love in Christ Jesus. And what a word for us today. As we look for and we long for Christ's return, we have to be faithful as the church. We've got to remain faithful to the call that he has put before us. I love Paul talks about it in Corinthians that the church is a body. You've read this passage before, and he talks about that we are many members of one body, and Christ is the head of the church, right? And then the idea that the, the body has many parts. It has eyes, it has ears, you know, it has legs and arms. And, and, and so he makes this point that each and every one of us has a role that God has called us to play within the church. And it is important that each of us play that role. Otherwise, the body struggles to do what it's called to do. I was thinking like this the other day. I was in the doctor's office the other day, and I was sitting there, and I'd been sitting a good amount of time waiting to see the doctor. And after I saw the doctor, I went to get up only to find that my leg was asleep, right? And so I'm trying to get out of the doctor's office, and it was like, man, there's nothing I could do, and I'm trying to hobble out. And, you know, and luckily, my other leg was still strong, and I'm able to hold on things. I'm sure I looked really funny going out of the doctor's office. And I was over to able to get out of the doctor's office, but the rest of my body had to work really hard to overcome that, right? Can I tell you it's the same in the church? When parts of the body are asleep in their faith, the rest of the body struggles. God is calling us right here in the book of Revelation to wake up and to be the church that he has called us to be, to go forth in the mission of making disciples and sharing the good news of our faith. It's time for us to wake up and to be the church that he has called us to be. If we want to be ready for his second coming, we need to be the church that he has called us to be, remaining faithful, looking to him, serving him, honoring him in everything that we this morning, as, as we come to a time of invitation, my prayer for you, my prayer for you, is that you would do whatever you can within your power, wherever the Lord is leading you, to take a next step of faith. Maybe it's this morning to, to put your faith and trust. Maybe you've been putting that off. Maybe this morning would be the morning you put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus. Maybe he's challenged you to be a part of this church, to play the role, to serve in the capacity that he has called you. Will you be faithful this morning?
Will you answer the call that the Lord has put before you? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we love you so much, God, and we want to give you all glory and honor, Father. And we ask, God, that as we look towards your second coming, Lord Jesus, that we would be a church that is ready, that we would be a people that is ready. And God, that we would look for and long for your return. Thank you, Lord Jesus, that you have made a place, that you have gone to prepare a place for those who follow you, Lord. And God, as you come again, Lord, and you take your church, Lord, may we be a people ready. God, I pray for each and every person here this morning. May they respond to you as you lead them. It's in Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, amen. Amen. Let's stand, let's worship. If God's leading you this morning, you come this morning. You come. message we bring, glorious carol we sing, wonderful word of the King, is coming again, coming again, coming again, as we prepare to depart. Receive your blessing from God's word. Be blessed by the sure and certain knowledge that in God's perfect timing, you will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. So straighten up and raise your heads for your redemption draweth nigh. Your challenge is to go out now with a renewed commitment to be and to act like the people of God that you are. And all God's people who pledged to do so said, Amen. Amen.